0: How's it going, everybody? This is me again, your host, Chewie, welcoming you back to the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And I am once again joined by my good friend, Monica. Hi. <laughs> so, Monica, you've had a, a somewhat of an eventful day. You're telling me behind the scenes here?
1: Yes. I... Wait, what happened?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're the one telling me the story. Well, at least you're enjoying your, your, your little mango chela there, and that's, that's a positive. Oh, yeah. So upside. one of my
1: friends, um, for Super Bowl, they brought over um, these little cups, the styrofoam cups for the micheladas, and she brought the modelo mango chelada, which I had never had, and she brought the little mix, too, the for, from, I don't remember what brand it is, I guess it's like the, the Clamato mix, but the, the sweet and sour or something, uh-huh. so I had never had that either, and like... I'm from the valley, you know? So she was like, Oh, I brought this to make micheladas. And I'm like, michelada. I was like, what? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then she like brought all the stuff and I was like, okay. I was like, I've never tried the mango version of a michelada, but I'll, I'll, I'm down. Right. And it was like, dude, the best thing ever. Like, I love the the OG way of doing it, but like these little mixes, like they're, they're pretty, pretty good. Like, and I don't know what it is about the mango. Like it's it's delicious. So we're here enjoying <laughs> that. I had one yesterday. I went to the liquor store that's here. It's it's a uh, called bethmo Uh huh. Before we got on, you know, to talk, I bought the a limited edition edition version of like Guinness or something because oh, right. it's like like St. Patrick's Day, right? So they have like all the Guinness out on promotion, and they had these little glasses, like the decorative ones and stuff, so you can like pour here your ice-cold Guinness in there to celebrate, you know, a freaking holiday that actual Irish people don't even care for, but <laughs> apparently, it's, you know, whatever. Anyway, so um, I put one in the freezer, and I forgot about it, and then when we we're about to, like, turn the thing for, on for the podcast, I guess I remembered, so I ran over there, had my dog, had invaded our trash can and was going after the cheese wrapper that I left in there. <laughs> so, cheese in the kennel now in timeout, but uh, yeah, it's been a, an interesting day so far.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that sounds like quite the story, my friend.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have my little kit of uh, liquor bottles that I was given for Christmas by my coworker. Nice. Uh, it's like mini bottles, like, like the ones you find in the mini bars and hotels and everything. <laughs> So they're not like huge bottles. Uh, I think there's enough, for maybe like one or two shots, if anything, in each. Uh-huh. But I'm concerned because I thought there was an even number of bottles in this. Uh, I already drank one, by the way. Uh, there's like a, it's a variety pack, so there's like whiskey and bourbon and tequila and vodka, Right. cetera. Right? So I drank one while back. And then I'm going to maybe drink a couple during the course of our recording here but i'm counting them and there's 11 in total so i'm guessing that somebody like ripped me off
1: <gasps>
0: did my co-worker steal the best one out of this whole bundle and just give me 11.
1: or maybe
0: were they is it wrapped was it wrapped it was like slightly wrapped <laughs> it had like a huh. little like a little ribbon around it the box itself was gift wrapped like in, in christmas gift wrap uh-huh. but i can't remember because i opened it like maybe like a week or two ago whether it was like the Saram wrapper and the whatever because who puts 11 bottles in in the in the container like in the box
1: like this is the thing maybe it was so when uh, I know at Feldman's they have like promotions sometimes where you buy like two little bottles and you get one for free or half off or you buy four and you get like or three and you get one for free Uh so I had one of those things where like you could only get like, it added up to only 11 bottles with the <laughs> portion, you know? So, <laughs> it could have been that, maybe. I mean, it makes sense. Well, and
0: uh, people are wondering, what the hell are these guys like? And, you know, Because uh, we're trying to make a thing here where, like, or I was, I don't know if you were aware of this, where our little blurs before the episode have to do with the content of the episode. <laughs> <It's> nothing. <laughs> What's well, a surprise to you as much as it is for our audience, my friend? Essentially, yeah, because we're talking about something that I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about. Uh, something by Mr. Stephen King himself. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to do the honors, my friend, of talking or telling the audience what we're talking about today?
1: Yes, so we did a comic, and I think, is it is it just called N? Yeah. Stephen King's N, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yes. and it's uh, very interesting. I didn't know... That Stephen King had graphic novels, so that's pretty cool. That was interesting,
0: yeah. He does actually. This is one of them. This is uh, well, we'll talk about this more in depth in, in our actual critique of the, of the comic, but basically, he, he's done other adaptations as well. He's done one for the stand, okay, with Marvel Comics. Like, Marvel Comics has done all of his little graphic novels thing, I think. So, and <laughs> the, yeah, they're all pretty legit, dude. I have, I think, I have all the stand comics, <laughs> I would buy them when they came out. I think if anything, I'm missing one or two, and then I have, there's uh, another adaptation for the Dark Tower novels, so Uh I have most of those as well, I think I, 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 well, maybe not most of them, I think I'm missing several issues, because I stopped buying them for a while, because the the store that I got them from moved locations, and I, I, you know, this is a while back, this is maybe like 10 years ago that these things came out, but um, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to speaking about this little graphic novel slash video. I don't know if you saw the video adaptation that I sent you.
1: I didn't get to see the video. I didn't, I didn't get the chance, but I read the, the four uh, issues yeah. of the of the comic. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool, because I'll, I'll fill you in on the blank spaces between each adaptation. Okay, so we'll be right back with our uh, critique of Stephen King's N. Everybody, and Monica, and myself, because I'm already here. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why we're talking about, or why I brought up the concept of numbers in this whole little blur before we started talking, is because the comic N has to do with OCD.
1: Oh, yeah. In a way, mm-hmm. right? Yes.
0: Like, in, in a weird way, it, it does have to do with OCD, but OCD that is caused by a malignant force. Mm-hmm. It's not so much a mental thing as it is a, like, an influence that this person's has over the people, right?
1: Yeah, and it drives them crazy. So much so that, you know, it pushes them to their deaths.
0: I've always liked this little story. I mean, I, I had no idea when I bought this comic, and again, this was maybe like 10 years ago, if not more, that it was part of an actual, like, short story collection. He, he, there's a short story called N. Right? Uh-huh. And the story is maybe, like, 50 pages. So, I mean, it's, it's like a little long-ish but it's you know it's not quite a novel either and the video link that i sent you is based more on the actual story
1: Uh uh-huh
0: and from that is where they derived the comic adaptation yeah okay so the story was was the original source and then they did the graphic little video that that, uh, it's actually on youtube i found that i think it's not supposed to be there but i mean eh, you know (laughs) (laughs) this is copyright and everything but uh, i found it and and the actual Video, I mean that was official. It was officially released like as little mini episodes uh-huh. by the company that made it the guy that has it on their channel I don't think is part of that company. Uh-huh. just like some random dude just uploaded everything that video is More connected to the actual story because they have lines from the story That don't show up in the comic adaptation So okay, uh, at some point I guess they decided to release the comic ad- adaptation and they changed a few things Uh, Mm -hmm. for example in the beginning that scene where where the parent with the dad like shooting his family yeah um that was added on the old lady character that comes out in in a couple of uh scenes was also added and the daughter of Anne was also added i don't think she's present in the the story because i read the story a while back but i I didn't read it for this unfortunately i didn't have time Uh but i want to talk about the actual graphic style what do you think of the graphic style
1: I wasn't a huge fan of it just because it kind of looked like they took pictures of the people and then just put a filter on them that made them look like a graphic novel and it I, I I don't know I'm just used to more like i guess like a cartooner cartoonish version of like about of the like graphic novels and stuff, but like I guess like Marvel stuff, you know, like the Marvel comics this one looked more. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I, it just looked like they drew over pictures of people, basically. Uh-huh. I didn't like
0: that. Huh. <laughs> I, I, I'm here sitting disappointed because I thought you would agree with me for once. <laughs> I mean, I like it, mean, but it's because I'm not uh gifted artistically, like, you know, drawing. Huh. So I, I'm thinking, like, as I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, I wish I could draw like this, you know, and I, I get what you're saying because it does look like that. Yeah. It looks like they literally took pictures of people or, like, they post and, and they, you know, yeah. drew them real quick and then kind of they finished it. Yeah. That part of it, I understand. The, the What I like also about the style of drawing is that uh, it's, like, dark and foreboding. It's not, like, a very... And that's why I like that, I guess, because it, it, if they had done, like, a cartoony feel, like you're saying, I think
1: that would have kind of worked against it. I mean... If they kept the same color scheme, no. I feel like it would have been, it would have been, like, it it would still would have gotten the same vibe. I, uh, because, like, everything else, so... I feel like it was only the people that looked like they were pictures of people drawn over it. Everything else seemed like it was drawn, like, as you would in in a regular comic book.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like a weird mixture.
1: Yeah.
0: The artist, uh, that drew these pictures, his name was, uh, if I, I hope I'm saying this correct because he's from Europe, and uh, his name is Alex Maliv or Malev, I'm not sure how you pronounce that.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, this guy has worked for pretty much every major comic company. He's worked for Dark Horse Comics, he's worked for uh-huh. Marvel and DC Comics. Oh, nice.
1: So he's got a, a pretty good resume, dude. I thought it was, So oh, I read somewhere on there that it was, I thought it was John Quesada or Joe Quesada, or did uh-huh. he do the story? I'm not sure,
0: uh, because, uh, well, this is the information that I found. Like, uh, Alex Maleev was the, the main, I mean, he might have been part of the, of the team. Uh-huh. Casada. Uh, but uh, from what I found, this guy, Alex Maleev, was the main guy, or the, the guy in charge, I guess, of the the drawings. Okay. Uh, but this particular version of the comic was made by Marvel. You know, by yeah. Marvel Comics. So, yeah. I liked the drawing style. I thought it fit the story, the narrative, pretty nicely. Um, so, how about the story itself?
1: It was a... so, I I liked it, but it was... there was a lot of... I had a lot of questions. Like, there was a lot of things that I feel like they didn't keep or didn't put into it, just for, like, the sake of the... either for the length or just to not drag the story, I guess? I don't know. Um... I wanted to know, like, where the, those little stones came from, like, a history, what the hell was Canute, or whatever. Like, I wanted to know all that stuff. Uh-huh. There was no explanation.
0: Yeah, and I actually like, agree with you on that. I do think that the origin of the stones was left unexplained or ambiguous.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I didn't like that part of it. I I mean, yeah. if they had kind of, like, pointed us or, or given us, like, a hint of where it could have been... Because all the... I mean, the only hint you get is that scene in the beginning with with the dad, uh, I guess, blowing up the house or whatever and then killing his his kid. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, and then at the very end, you see, like, the... the, I guess the columns that support the house become the stones or whatever. Yeah. But they don't really explain or or even imply whether the dad was driven mad because of something that was already there. Uh Uh-huh. Or if that incident is the one that caused the stones to, to you know, form or whatever.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I missed the whole part of like how that was the house, and that's what was left. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, it makes sense why there's so much dark energy in that spot. It's because something uh-huh. really bad happened. But yeah, it doesn't say if it was like the I guess the foundation of the house itself that drove the person mad, or if like there was something because there was that thing in the middle, you know, that one spot that was like, mm-hmm. and that had all the energy. So. Maybe the house was, like, infiltrated by a f***ing demon or something, or some kind of bad spirit. Stephen King has, like, mentioned in some parts, like, those, like, sacred burial grounds and stuff like that, you know? So, like, maybe that's, maybe that's what it was, or, like, something related to
0: that. I mean, he's pretty big on the concept of, like, dimensional portals. Yeah, that too, yeah. Which he, he doesn't call them that, he calls them, like, the thinnies or something like that uh-huh and those are pretty big in the dark Tower novels yeah because in that series of books the characters are able to cross between dimensions and, and time and everything through these portals right yeah but they're also mentioned in other novels I think they're mentioned in in it also or it's it's implied that uh because at some point you find out that the it pennywise you know the, the that demon thing okay. whatever it is is some is is somehow connected to uh, some creatures in the dark Tower novels. So, they're, like, cousins or whatever, like, family-ish. Uh-huh. Uh, or yeah. from the same type of uh, species or whatever you want to call them. Uh, they're also in, in several other ones. I mean, and I don't want to mention all of them because...
1: But they mentioned the story in other books and in other, like, movies, like Stephen King movies. And it's funny because, like, this story gave me, like, it vibes also. Those three little kids were hanging out by that bridge. And, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, the Rocky. So, like, it could have been... It's Because it's in the same... Like it's in Maine, you know. Like that's where most of his stories take place, anyway. So like, mm-hmm. it's not all. Um, but like, it kind of made me think that like maybe that wherever the that probably was a quarry, like that where that bridge was. I, I
0: don't think it was in the same town, but it, it may be close to there. You know, as far as the uh, yeah. because he he made up some of those. I mean, he made up. I think dairy, the town where, Pan- yeah. where uh, it takes place. Mm-hmm. He for sure made up the town castle Rock, which is um the mm-hmm. the place where a whole bunch of his books take place, and there was a, a show also, I think yeah there is on, on I TV. Really oh, yeah, I never really saw it either, and I mean I'm as much of a big fan as I am of his work, I, I know that a lot of his adaptations are not that great, so yeah, that's kind of why i'm I'm not looking at those I mean I saw the doctor Who movie and I was so disappointed that I was like, no, so no.
1: its, it's cause it, it they made it into a kids' movie, and it's not uh-huh. a kid book. <laughs>
0: It's, it's kind of hard to talk about this one thing specifically because without leaving all the other stuff out because it's all connected like it, all his books or most of them are somehow connected through the Dark Tower novels so it's just really mm-hmm. hard and and you know one of the things is is, is that yeah like the, that concept of like the, the thinnies or the portals and, and usually I, I, they're somehow also surrounded by stones or or uh. you, you, you gotta do some sort of ritual to open one of them up or something like that Yeah. because in one of the novels in the first Dark Tower novel I think he actually gets to contact a demon with the, with the, and open one of these portals and, and it's kind of convoluted. I don't want to give the whole thing away, but basically he used one of those uh, circles of stones, whatever, to open yeah. up a portal and and the demon came out. and He talked to him and you know and stuff happened. But so this is kind of like a recurring theme for him. It's, it's, it's what I'm trying to say. It's a recurring theme in, in some of his works. You know, like as far as places where reality is quote unquote uh, thin <laughs> or mm-hmm. I, I forgot the the word that Anne used to describe it. But he says, it, like, reality is it's not complete or, or reality is, is fragile or something like that. Another thing that I felt was left unexplained was the old lady. Like, who was she? Like,
1: She was the daughter, or she was the niece of the the dad, the guy that shot himself in the beginning.
0: But who was she in the grand scheme of things? Because she mentions... Uh, because this this lady, I guess, is the guardian of, of the, the Circle of Sons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the whole idea of Anne is that there this... Circle of stones, or this location that has stones, is somehow keeping some dark energy from crossing over into, or, or a dark entity, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And apparently, it needs a guardian, right? Yeah, a, a guardian to keep it in place, make sure because one of the stones disappears. It's it's supposed to be eight stones,
1: mm-hmm. but at
0: sometimes it becomes seven. So you gotta make sure to to keep or or put up that other stone with like weird OCD rituals. Yeah, because somehow that helps the eight stone to stay place i mean it's kind of a weird thing a concept right yeah as far as the old lady she mentions a couple things that i thought were interesting for example she mentions that she extended her natural life somehow because she looks old mm-hmm. you know? yeah and there's a panel that explains she was born in like 1910 or 1911 or something like that and this comic takes place in about 2010 so she's like 100 years old
1: dude yeah
0: and by the way her, her inheritance is, was 12 bucks.
1: (laughs) I saw that. I was like, wow.
0: Yeah, and and I I ran the numbers through like an inflation calculator, and she would have made 325 bucks roughly right now.
1: It would have been $325?
0: Yeah. According to the inflation calculator, 12 bucks from 1912 would be
1: roughly 325 bucks right now. That's still not much of a freaking inheritance. Like, that's like... (laughs) That's true. When I saw that, that it's like, oh, $12 was her inheritance. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's it. But she got land. So, I mean, that's...
0: Yeah, well, she got that that cursed field, whatever. It's
1: cursed, yeah. So, I was wondering
0: if she was a ghost. Because in one scene, Anne is at the field. And he's like, the stones scream my name. But you see it's the old lady screaming his name.
1: Yeah. But I think... So, what I got from that is that they're connected... That they were connected. Uh-huh. So, what is that? Is it pathology? Or when you can, like, talk to somebody with your mind. Oh, telepathy. Telepathy. Yeah, I thought that that's what it was. Like, And that the whole time she was the one keeping people from going into that property. Because mm. she talks about her constant companion, which yeah. is, like, the little voice in her head basically telling her to, like, give up or, like, give in or whatever. And when that guy... You know, when N finally, like, gives up himself, that's what she gives up, too, and they both end up dead. Yeah. Or, But then her... there was no obituary for her,
0: right? No, no I don't think so. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that, that she thought, well, finally someone here to take my place so I can rest in peace now, so, and she, she kills herself, right?
1: Yeah, and then he kills himself, too.
0: And, and I guess she was wrong about him because this guy is not as strong as she thought he was, and he yeah. ends up also committing suicide. Uh, uh-huh. So it, it's because this thing drives you insane. Like, it won't leave your mind. It'll just yeah. be always like, hey, is there seven stones now or are there eight still? Like, I need to make sure. Like And, and that's when they start breaking these little, like, uh, OCD episodes. But or... it's
1: only, like, at certain times of the year. Like, uh-huh. you know, cause he talks about, like, only certain seasons are the ones that bring up the most because that's when, like, the stones are gathering the most energy or something. So.
0: Yeah, I think it's stronger in the summer and weaker in the winter, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, to me, the whole idea of... Because the whole time they're they're trying to be rational about it, they don't go full-on insane. I mean, they they know something is not right with them anymore. Yeah. As far as they realize, like, why am I counting all these things? Why am I doing all these rituals? And then they slowly realize that it's because of this circle of stones that's keeping this being uh, from entering our world. But I thought it was intriguing and really interesting how they portray this whole des- slow descent into madness. Yeah. And the whole time they're aware that they're descending into madness, but they can't stop it. Mm-hmm. How would that make anybody feel?
1: Like, wanting to kill themselves, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> they, mean... all, they all did. So, I'm thinking, is it the... whatever that was, like the... I guess like a spirit or whatever, pushing them to kill themselves? so that it will be left unprotected and, like, it can thrive the way it wants to. Because there's that last scene in the last issue where that guy, Charlie, um, goes back to to the field and uh, because this idiot decided to publish a story and talk (laughs) about it, obviously that was, like, the worst thing to do that was, like, gonna draw people in there, of course. And there's, like, ten people there, you know, and he was go- planning on going there and probably killing himself, and he ends up killing all those people, and it's, like, he's killing them so that they don't follow in the same footsteps and try to protect that eighth stone or whatever, or, yeah. like, keep the eighth stone there, because, like, that's kind of, like, what, it, what I understand, and I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that's, the the main point, is that it's the... The the presence or the evil evil being that's like causing them to kill themselves, so that they don't protect it, right?
0: Uh, I think you may have a point. I mean, I think that's what they believe in their like yeah. in their own minds. I think that's what they believe in their own minds. Now, the question that I would have is is that what's actually happening, or is it just a suggestion? Because they each try to warn the next person that they think is gonna take over to not go, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they leave them all the elements to go. Yeah. Like, the old lady, for example, she was trying to keep him away, like, when, when she was, like, screaming his name in the, in the stones. Maybe she to, gave him the key. And then yeah. when, when, she, when she killed herself, she left him the key. Yeah. The same thing with N. After he killed himself, he left the key for the doctor, for Dr. B. Uh-huh. And he also left him, like, a little envelope at the actual field. Because he knew he was gonna be there, I mean, in spite of everything he told him, it's like, don't show up, like, don't go to that field, and of course, sure enough, the doctor, oh, like... It's, it's like, it's like, if you tell a little
1: kid, don't like, use the... whatever, you know? They're gonna do it, or don't do this, they're gonna do it, because you're telling them not to, and they're, it's intriguing, it's like... They wanna know what's gonna happen, so they uh-huh. do it. It's the same way, same thing for this story.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, going back to your point, I do think... That's what they believed was going to happen. Like, like if, if they, uh, you know, somehow became responsible for this thing, like, the only way they saw out was them killing themselves because this thing was trying to come into our world.
1: But, like, how did the old lady do it then to, like...
0: That's what I wonder.
1: She just had that constant companion, but she ignored it and she pushed it away. That was my, my question that I was trying
0: to ask you earlier, like, who is she? Because, I mean, any normal person would have ended up doing what Anne and the doctor and the sister does and the, and the guy does eventually, Charlie.
1: Yeah.
0: But this lady is somehow able to put up with it for, like, a hundred years. And, yeah, I mean, she calls it the companion. I, mean, I thought that was interesting as well. Like, Like, I mean, imagine yeah. having a voice in your head always telling you to, like, do things, like...
1: She must have been ridiculously strong.
0: I mean, yeah, so that was my question, like, who was this, this lady? Because um, there's people in Stephen King's books, which are called Breakers,
1: uh-huh. which
0: are basically people that have gifts, like, uh, powers, like, mental powers. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, I'm not sure if the, if the kid from The Shining is one of them, but, oh. but it's similar to that, you know, like, they have, yeah, like, I- like, some sort of gift, like, the... the like elevates their mind or, or makes them like mentally powerful, or whatever. so. I'm thinking somehow maybe this lady is one of those people.
1: Maybe it, that's that's exactly what I thought of too, but I thought it from like Doctor Sleep because like I guess that's from the beginning, right? Like, or, mm-hmm. I already forgot how the movie goes, but yeah, it was a, the same thing. Like that little kid had powers, and those other uh, gypsy people were trying to get him.
0: Yeah, because that's also a big thing in, in this book. There's people that have you know abilities that that are telepaths or they can move stuff with their minds or whatever you know that kind of stuff yeah so i guess what intrigued me about this and given the the current situation in in here where i'm I'm at in texas Uh uh-huh the idea of something being passed on like that because it it is thrown around that by the doctors that maybe it's ocd that's being genetically or, or like or transmitted via the air or by suggestion or whatever uh-huh and a- as silly as that might sound to somebody I- I've been I've seen it firsthand in the past couple of weeks or days it all started with some rumors on Facebook from people that I I mean not not they, these people that I'm mentioning I don't think they're the ones that started the rumors but they were kind of talking about them uh-huh because they work in the oil rigs right in the refiners some, pe- uh-huh. some people that I know, and they were saying, hey, you know, because of the storm, we're going to close the refineries and we're, we don't know how long we're going to be closed, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's pretty much the extent of what they say. They didn't say anything else. And yet, somehow, some that, that message got somehow mistranslated into, hey, we're closing the refineries, there's going to be no gas for, like, weeks. Oh. Right? And then all these people started going to the stores they cleaned out the stores kind of like when the quarantine first started they cleaned out the, sh- the shelves there's nothing left in the shelves literally nothing yeah. i saw the pictures it was in the videos from like people that were so at, at the grocery stores they, they would snap the, the and like do like look they cleaned this out completely there's nothing left nothing yeah and of course the gas stations were also meeting like all these demanding people and sure enough some gas stations ran, 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 did they ran out of gas because yeah. people thought there's gonna be no gas and they bought the gas and you know so it, it became like a self-fulfilling prophecy
1: but this ha- this has happened before in the valley yeah. it's not the first time the last time it was a mistake by one of the newscasters from news uh anchors or whatever one of the tv tv stations in there or in like uh somewhere in texas they said that there was some explosion or something happened in one of the refineries and they weren't going to be able to like deliver the gas to like certain areas or it was like somewhere else it didn't even happen in Texas this whole gas thing or something I honestly can't remember how the story went but the same thing people were passing around that little rumor in whatsapp and my mom shared it to me I saw it and I was like this is gonna turn into a thing so before this thing got spread any further I actually went to the gas station filled up my tank because I already knew the way that people in the valley think and they were going to go and run to every single gas station and drain it and cause the shortage, shortage themselves. And then this, like, this person from the TV, from the news had to apologize because they're the ones who caused the scare. It was their fault. I don't, I think they got fired. People believe the little thing. It's so stupid. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do is connect that
0: this real life event or events, because it's happened more than once, as, as you said, to the idea of the comic, because this guy, Charlie, like you said in the end, it's a little different in the story and in the video, like I said, because in the video and in the story, he's like some sort of news anchor. It, I believe it ends with him just about to go to the field. He hasn't gone to the field yet, but you know he's going to go and he's going to write a story and, or he's going right. to do like a, like a piece on it. In the yeah. comic book at a, or in the graphic novel, you actually do see him go and you see what happens after. Uh-huh. Right? So so you end up seeing the aftermath of him going, like you said, he goes in there and there's all these people that saw or that read his article and they all have directions from MapQuest. Yeah. So you can't stop it anymore. Like it's 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 over. Yeah. Because somebody started, you know, published a story about hey, this, this field is haunted, but you know, you shouldn't go here because, you know, whatever.
1: You can get in trouble. Yeah. It's the curiosity. They get attracted to the mystery of it and that's the thing dude like when it comes to things like this stupidity is contagious it really is like people will believe anything and even though they if they're told it's this is dangerous you could die you know don't do it they're gonna do the exact opposite always it's a guarantee
0: so to me that's kind of like a a grim picture reality my friend like i mean stephen king uh, he's, I mean, to me, he's one of the greatest authors that I've ever read for a reason. I mean, he makes the stories relatable. Yeah. To real-life events. And, and to me, it was weird because I, I picked this, you know, full disclaimer. I, I was the one that picked this particular topic for this episode. <laughs> but I did it before all this stuff happened. Yeah. Right? Because we kind of plan our episodes, like, you know, a couple of weeks in advance or whatever. And this is before this whole snowstorm disaster happened. So I definitely think it's interesting how this guy writes things that are really relatable dude like it's it's one of the things that i like about his writing.
1: yeah me too so
0: i guess we're kind of ready to oh before i do that i'm sorry I, I'm, I'm missing one thing i forgot to go over the the guy that wrote the story or that adapted the story uh-huh. uh, for the graphic novel he's done writing for shows like arrow uh supergirl Ooh. legends of tomorrow and also for movies like the green lantern and Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. His name is Mark Guggenheim, I believe is pronounced that way. Cool. So, I mean, some some pretty heavy talent was involved behind the making of this. You know, Stephen King, of course, being the source. And then the guy that did the the graphic work, working for pretty much all the major comic publishers. And then this guy who's written for shows. And I haven't seen those. And I, I mean to. I, I have them on my list, but I never get to run to see them. Uh, so, yeah, as I was saying, I want to give my rating to this guy already or, or for the story or the graphic novel as a whole. I want to give this uh, adaptation of N 8 out of 10 Monsters with K-Haircut Helmets.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't
0: know if you noticed, but in, in, when you actually see like the, the creature, the K-thon, whatever whatever it whatever it's pronounced, uh-huh. It's got a little cut haircut.
1: Huh?
0: Dude, yeah. L- look it up. Look it up, and you're gonna say, like, okay, yeah. And people are gonna be like, "What the hell is a cut haircut?" <laughs> well, I'm here to say, Google it. It's spelled C U H, and then haircut, and that'll be you know, the, all, all the information you need.
1: Yes. What's the the line that they say like, "Si kema Si cut.
0: <laughs> <Give up. laughs> yeah, and, and for all of you who are not from South Texas, that basically means someone that's trying to say that their truck is like, I guess, high powered or.
1: Yeah, it like uh, what's that
0: like? You can peel out, no? Like like the. Yeah, when
1: you peel out, with tires. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: burn rubber. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I, I've never understood that whole thing, but I think it's funny that this creature in particular has that little helmet. <laughs>
1: Haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So
0: uh, yeah, eight out of ten monsters with cut haircuts. And um, what is your point score for this, my friend?
1: I'll go with seven, just because I was confused the majority of the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that um, they could have done a slightly different, or I guess better, I guess you know, the job of, of them tying up the loose ends, so to speak, the, the ones that we talked about. So, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, 7.5 out, 7. 5 out of 10, it's not bad, you know,
1: uh, the good.
0: average of both our scores. So, uh, I feel like we could talk about this for hours and still not get to the bottom of it. But, yeah, since we covered a whole bunch of ground already, I want to move on to the academic segment for tonight. What do you say? I'm down. Let's do this. Cool. So, we'll be right back after these messages.
1: She get my cut. <laughs>
0: Google it, guys. Google cut haircut, and you're gonna understand what happens when you see this pictures. Okay, so uh, we have reached the academic segment. And basically, if you're a first-time listener, this is the, the part of the episode in which I kind of tie in some sort of real-life, quote-unquote, components to the topic of her podcast. And this being Anne and having to do, I think, one of the themes of the story in general is temptation. Because you see people, like, trying to say, hey, don't do this. Don't go here. Don't do that. You're going to regret it.
1: And they still do.
0: They, I mean, they acknowledge that they were tempted and they fell into that temptation.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that is what brings forth their doom. You know? Yep. So they, they realize that in the course of the story. And I want to talk about a couple of things that have to do with temptation in, in mythology and stories in general. <laughs> I'm going to go over this one real quick. But the, the story of Adam and Eve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? With Adam being created by God and then God creating Eve as his companion and then that snake tempting Eve into eating the apple from the, the Tree of Knowledge, I think it's called, right? Yeah. And I want to think that snake talks at the, the gym from Wishmaster <laughs> <laughs> And like, someone like, Eva, eat the apple. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, that, that's like the universal story or, or you know, of, of temptation and, and to not do things that you're cautioned not to do because there's consequences, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, just that, that snake, you know, being of course the devil. And as soon yes. as they eat the apple, they realize they did something wrong and they realize they're naked. So they get all, all freaked out and they start covering themselves. And that's when they realize uh, they committed sin and this and that. And that's when God yeah. kicks them out of Eden, basically. And I, I went over that real quick because I think pretty much everybody knows that story. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's one of the main things. I mean, especially if you're Christian or Catholic, I mean, that's that's one of the things that you hear about all the time. Uh, as as far as the origins of evil, or not evil, but what what could happen if you don't follow the rules, basically, right? Yeah. Now, what do you think of that story?
1: I mean, it's a good, more morality story, a, a good like lesson. If you do something bad, it's gonna come back and bite you in the butt. You know, like that's. It's a story that instills fear you know, in order to control someone or something. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. In my opinion. I mean, well,
0: I'm not gonna go into the the whole um, what I wanna say this thing is. Um, idea behind religion, I guess? Of, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, because part of that does involve keeping people in line, following a certain sort of rules and this and that.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: in essence, yeah, I think you are correct. This is kind of something that is meant to keep people kind of like in line and, and not to think too far out of whatever is established in, in the confines of any given religion, in this case mm-hmm. Christianity. I think it's it's basically the, the whole universal myth or, or story of if you do this, uh, you're not following the rules and you're gonna have a bad time, basically. Yep. But, right? mm-hmm. So, uh, the next one that I want to talk about, bring up real quick, is the story of Pandora. This is another one that's kind of popular. Yeah. Awesome. And if you're not familiar with the story of Pandora, basically, Pandora was, according to Greek mythology, the first woman on Earth. So, it's kind of like the, the Eve of Greek mythology. Yeah. She was created by the gods, you know, Zeus, etc all those people. And each of them gave Pandora a gift, and they put it in a container. And basically, her name means... From Greek, like translated from Greek, means the one who bears all the gifts. So the name Pandora is it's got like a an origin in Greek mythology, I guess. So all the gods gave her the gifts, each of them put something in this container, and they all told at the very end they told her, You can't open this ever. All these things that we put in this container are some of the most wonderful gifts that we can give to anybody. But the condition of you getting these is that you can't ever open the box.
1: That's so messed up. <laughs> so, I are all these gifts but you can never use them, so...
0: She was then introduced, by the way, to this titan because the Greeks have, you know, a whole, you know, thing going on with titans and gods. I think the titans at some point are the enemies of the gods. They have a war, this and that. Yeah. Prometheus stole the fire and gave it to mankind so mankind keep themselves warm without having to depend on the gods. Uh, and he was punished by Zeus. And his brother... I forgot his name, and, and I don't think I have him here, uh, here in the notes, but Prometheus's brother is the one that ends up marrying Pandora because Pandora is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. They take her to him, hey, you know, here's Pandora, this woman, here. And the guy's like, falls in love with her at first sight, marries her, but it was kind of as another, like, addendum to the punishment of Prometheus because they're like, hey, you stole a fire from us, you gave it to mankind without permission, so in return, we're gonna create this woman for your brother to fall in love with, and she's gonna, like, cause all this chaos, right? So, eventually, of course, enough time goes by that Pandora, her curiosity is like, Hey, dude, what's in this box? What's in this container? Like, I mean, I got to see it. I mean, wouldn't you want to see it? Yeah. Like, if somebody told you, hey, like, if somebody just came up, came to your house and just gave you a box, Hey, there's, like, a whole bunch of wonderful things in this box. You can have it. It's yours. You can't ever <laughs> open it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Like, how long will you last, honestly? A while
1: maybe like a few days a couple of weeks maybe maybe months if i put it under the bed and forget about it <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like my
0: idea too i mean i think if i if, if if i put it away somewhere and i forget that it's there I, uh, it'll be there forever yeah. but i think some like some part of my mind will be like hey remember that box that somebody gave you that i wonder had, what's in it had wonderful things and yeah look what's in it so, of course, I mean, eventually she she gave in to Temptation, she opened the box and all these horrible things came out, you know, illness, war, famine, it's like all the, basically all the bads that we have as humankind.
1: Such a great gifts, wonderful right? gifts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it was meant as a punishment. Yeah. Because they made her that way, they made sure that she was stubborn, that she was curious, as a trait in her personality. Yeah. It was kind of like, like a ticking time bomb, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, three gods, man, they're just, like, weird it's characters. Look- <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all weird characters, dude, and... That's another story of, like, temptation, I mean, but in this case, I think it, it's given, like... How can you refuse that?
1: If they gave it to them, if it was the gods that gave the gift, after the shit that Prometheus did, I would have been like, uh, mm, never open the box, because for sure it's a trap, for sure. These people hate you.
0: And yeah, actually, the, part of the myth is that Prometheus told his brother, don't marry this woman. This woman is bad news because she was created by the gods. Stay away from her. What does the guy do? Uh she's beautiful. Uh, she's hot.
1: <laughs> it's too much. you can't handle it. I have to have her.
0: <laughs> I mean, so, so it's kind of like a, a temptation for that guy, too. Because, hey, you know, there's this woman. You mm-hmm. know, and the guy's like, oh. So he fell for that. And then of course, eventually she ends up opening the box and then all the horrible things that we have are out now. The only silver lining in all this myth is that hope was also in the box. Aww. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, a couple of different things, uh, this myth ends in a couple different ways. Some of them say that hope was never let out, ever. And then another ending says that yeah eventually pandora looked again in the box because was well, there anything else in here <laughs> like, and like she, yeah they're kind of shaking it for the crumbs you know <laughs> like we don't have enough for, like ebola and like all these things what else in there is that <laughs> <laughs> so she found hope and hope is like hey i mean I-, I can kind of maybe help make things a little better so she let hope out you know So that's kind of like the silver lining to all this. I mean, there was like a little bit of positivity, but in essence, the gods were like What do you think of that story? I mean, is that like cool?
1: Who opened Pandora's box in 2020? Because we're still getting screwed over and it's a new year and it's not done yet. Like put it back in the box, please. (laughs) It's like nobody wished for anything I (laughs) want to go back to the clubs. I want to go back to the streets. (laughs) the streets are calling me (laughs) yeah they are but I can't go because if I do I'll get the rona and probably die
0: I think it's a pretty cool story besides the point that the gods tricked Pandora you know yeah 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 especially Mm -hmm. because they made her that way I mean if if they made her curious and they gave her these things and they knew she was gonna open it regardless so it it was their their end game so to speak from the beginning
1: yeah it's like they're watching a reality show and they're just waiting for like Ooh, when's the finale?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I have another Greek myth for you guys. Um, this one's a little bit more obscure. I mean, not. I mean, depending because I, I was a, a freak or a geek for Greek myths when I was a little kid. Um, I was I was a very sickly child, my friend. I don't know if I ever told you this story.
1: Oh, what a sickly
0: oh, child! Sickly child, yeah. So I had to stay indoors for, or, or at home, for, yeah. for. and that's why I guess that that kind of prepped me for this whole thing. <laughs> because when I was a little kid, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go anywhere.
1: So you're unfazed by this pandemic, basically. I'm not, I'm not
0: unfazed, but I'm like, okay, I, got, I mean, if I do this when I was four years old, I can do it when I'm 30-something, you know?
1: <laughs> Trained my whole life for this.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, I had, like, horrible throat infections, and eventually they had to remove my tonsils um, at the tender age of, like, four or five. Damn. But I, I was not able to do anything. I couldn't go anywhere. And even as I was older, I, I was still having, like... Where every now and then I, I get like a weird infection and I have to miss school for like a week or two, you know? hmm So me being the geek and nerd that I am, I would spend a lot of that time reading. I <laughs> had <laughs> a lot of, of books in the house. But anyways, uh, one of the myths that I was always intrigued by, especially now that I, I grew up to become a musician. Um, it's weird how those things come full circle. It's the myths, uh, and I hope I'm saying this right because I know in Spanish. In Spanish is uh, Orfeo y Euridice, Right? In English, I'm, I'm guessing it's Orpheus and Eurydice, or Eurydice, I don't know how to say that. I'll just call her E. How do you spell it? Eurydice, uh, it's, a, it's a woman. It's spelled E-U-R-Y-D-I-C-E. So, Eurydice. Eurydice.
1: Eurydice.
0: Eurydice, okay. I'll just call her E from now on. Basically, Orpheus was the son of Apollo, and Apollo was the, the god of the sun in Greek mythology but he was also the god of music among other things and his mm-hmm. mom was uh, i hope i'm saying this right also uh calliope and she was a muse or kind of like a goddess of the arts and sciences so this guy had a, a nice pedigree here i mean his dad was a god of music and his mom was a goddess of of like art mm-hmm. so this guy when he was a little kid apollo his father gave him a lyre, which is kind of like a, a little guitar and this kid was like a, a prodigy he was like like little motor like you know he uh started playing that thing like nothing like day one you know he was like a little virtuoso so everybody was like man this guy's like he's jamming on that thing wow like you know he's like burning that crap you know yeah so even his dad being the god of music is like wow my son's like awesome <laughs> so it's it's said that you know according to greek mythology nothing could resist his music not even like friends enemies or beasts even the trees and the rocks were entranced by his music
1: the trees and the rocks
0: yeah so what do you make of that
1: must be some pretty damn good music then
0: (laughs) i want to think he's playing some edm beats Ah. (laughs) then eventually as he got older he grew up and he met this girl e uh he fell in love with her because she was one of the most beautiful girls in, in greece apparently and she was walking around the forest one day with her friends, the nymphs, and the nymphs are kind of like spirits of nature that take yeah. take the, the shape of, of beautiful women. Uh, mm-hmm. And this creepy creep? Creeper? <laughs> uh, his name was uh, Aristeus, he's a shepherd. He saw this, like, congregation of beautiful women and he, like, became all, like, creep and started stalking them. E saw him and he's a who is this guy? So she, like, uh, she got freaked out by, by his obvious creepiness. She started to run away and she, like, tripped or something and she was bit by a snake and died.
1: What? Yeah. What a f***ed up way to
0: die. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, you're running from this weird little guy that's, like, stalking you and then, like, you trip and the snake bites you and you die in the forest. When Orpheus found out, he was, like, super sad and depressed and he started just, like, playing these, like, great jams in memory of of his wife.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I want to think he played maybe the theme from Titanic, at this point. <laughs> 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 because it's, it, like, it, the, the myth says that, oh man, even the gods were, like, moved to tears by his music, you know, so the gods themselves were like, oh my god, you know, this guy's so sad, and, you know, like, whatever. So mm-hmm. his father, being a god, um, I mean, they couldn't make people come back to life, but one of them, Hades, was the god of the underworld, right? Mm-hmm. And he's Apollo's brother, so he's uh, Orpheus' uncle. And so his dad, Apollo, was like, hey, Orpheus, you know, your uncle can maybe help you out with this one, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to visit the underworld and you got to talk to him and and see if you can work something out with him, right? So Mm -hmm. Orpheus walks to the underworld. He crosses the portal because... And and you can't... In Greek mythology, you can't do this if you're a regular human unless you're dead. But because he has the god of... You know, he has a blood of a god in his veins. He can walk into the portal. And uh, so he goes to the underworld. And there's this, like... Remember that, that story of the, the three headed dog Cerberus? Yeah. So he's like the, the gatekeeper, right? Like I guess the bouncer you want to think about?
1: Bouncer <laughs>
0: <laughs> So <laughs> So you can't get past him because he's like this three headed beast and he can eat you if he wants. He starts playing some some you know great jams and Cerberus goes to sleep or something. Yeah. So he's able to cross and the, the door. And so he gets to Hades, his uncle. And he's like, hey, Uncle Hades, and, you know, my his wife, who, by the way, Hades also kidnapped, and that's a whole different story. Hades kidnapped his wife, Persephone, uh-huh. and, yeah, and that's why we have the seasons, by the way, because he kidnapped his wife, and part of the deal is that his wife can go back to the world every so often, and that's why you have summer and winter and back and forth. But, anyways, that's a whole different story. And so, I, I, Dude, I'm, like, freaking out, because I'm, like, a, like a Greek a You're myth. geeking out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm geeking, greeking out. Greeking out, yes. <laughs> I'm greeking out, so... In essence, so he's like, hey, uncle, aunt, you know, um, I'm here because my wife died and I want to see if I can see her or if I can somehow ma- make her go back to life in, in the real world. And Hades is like, well, I don't know, man. I mean, she she died. I mean, everything, you know, understand that every mortal person dies and there's that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. So Orpheus at this point breaks out into a great rendition of the theme of uh, the bodyguard, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. <laughs> 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 because, you know, he, he made... His uncle, I, you know, he, he moved his uncle so much, you know, the god of death, or, or not the death, but the, the underworld of, of the, you know, the afterlife, he and his wife became so moved by by this guy's love man, because imagine, he went to the underworld, he uh, tamed the, that, you know, three-headed dog with, with his music, and then he convinced the god of the afterlife himself, hey, you know what, okay, I can see you love this woman very much, so I, I'll let you go with her back to your life, if... And only if you walk from here all the way back without looking at her. She's going to be walking behind you. Uh,
1: Oh, I'll turn back. She's going to be
0: walking behind you. And you got to, the only thing that you got to promise me is that you can't turn back and look at her. Because if you do, that's it. You're done. So sure enough, man, this guy, I mean, he's, he's so in love with his wife. He's like, yeah, I mean, thank you, you know, uncle. And he like starts walking and he hears like little steps behind him and he can't turn to look at her,
1: uh-huh.
0: right? So he's walking and then along the way he's like, hey, okay, you know, like, I'm almost there. And then he's like, hey, what if that's not her? What if it's just like a trick? No! That they're playing me, so they just get me out of their, their presence, you know? So he starts having a lot of doubt, dude, a lot of self doubt. And the, the most tragic thing about this is that he was literally, literally at the, the edge of the underworld, just like a few like yards from the world of the living. And he's like, I can't take it anymore. I can't, I have to see her. So he turns around. No. And guess what happened? What do you think is behind him?
1: He's away. (laughs) Her.
0: Yeah, she's right behind him and he sees her being dragged away by, like, these shadowy figures back into the underworld.
1: Oh, no, that's horrible. Oh,
0: idiot. Yeah, so, so he... Turns around and sees her for like a second, and then like the next second, she's being dragged away by the by this, like, the, I guess the agents of the afterlife, whatever you want to call them, oh my. dude. And, and like, the whole idea is that he was literally within like maybe like 20 paces of the door.
1: Why not get through the door and then look back?
0: Like, what the hell? I mean, but the, the whole point is the temptation, dude. He was he was the temptation was so great because he loves his wife so much.
1: No. that he,
0: he couldn't stand not looking at her for like one more second and he uh, like gave in
1: if, if, if the love of my life was behind me walking with me I heard the footsteps that's all I need and I would keep walking because I knew that if I turn that's it I never see him again <sighs> what a dumbass Uh <laughs> no.
0: I like how you make him the villain of the story. Like, it's your fault do that.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Who does that? Like, listen to your uncle. He is the literal god of hell. Like, just keep walking. Ugh.
0: <laughs> so, depending on which version of the myth you read, there's a couple of different endings for this guy as well. One is that he was so heartbroken that he just kind of refused to to leave the vicinity. I mean, he, he walked back into the world of the living But he was always around, like, the portal because he was hoping to catch a glimpse of his wife, whatever. Wow. At least a glimpse. And he was just playing his jams all, all, you know, for for weeks or whatever on end. And eventually Zeus became so, like, uh, I don't know if the word that I want to say is merciful. (laughs) Because what he did, what he did is like, man, this guy's suffering a lot. I I need to stop this. So what does Zeus do? What he can do best, he throws a bolt of lightning in his face and kills him. So he can join her in the afterlife. Okay. So he can finally join her in it because he's he's a god. He can't die by conventional means. Yeah. Right, so the only way he can die is if, I guess, if another god kills him or something. So Zeus kills him. So that way he can join her in the afterlife, which I guess is, like, a happy ending. (laughs) You want to think about it that way?
1: Yeah, so together for all eternity, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the other ending is that, like, no, he he was just, like, miserable for, like, forever. So what do you think of this one?
1: He's a dumbass. Like, (laughs) he shouldn't have turned. He- As soon as he heard her footsteps, he he should have kept going. And, I mean, because let's let's just say that he he goes all the way through and it's not her. She doesn't show up, right? Just go back down to the afterlife. Just go back. You already wooed the freaking dog. You can do it again. You already, like, convinced your uncle you can do it again. You have the power because you love this woman, like, unconditionally. And with your entire, every cell of your being, come on. Apparently, the trick is that
0: even the gods can't do that more than once. So, the only one that could theoretically cross the portal, like, at will is Hades because he's the god of that, that region whatever. Yeah. But even Zeus himself couldn't supposedly cross the portal more than once because then he would die.
1: Well, then if he dies, he's with his wife. I mean, it, it
0: makes sense, but, I mean...
1: Idiot. <laughs> but
0: basically, I mean, the whole idea is that, that temptation, you know, that that saying, that. Like, Curiosity killed a cat, you know.
1: Yes, exactly. In this
0: case, Kill curiosity killed your wife, dude, because, you know, you turned around and, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: got her killed again. Yep. And, just as a footnote real quick, I want to mention, uh, this little cartoon that I would watch when I was a kid. It's a Japanese anime. It was, like, loosely inspired by Greek myth, and uh, in, in Mexico we called him Caballero del Zodiaco, which was awesome, dude, because I, I would read the, the stories in the books, and then I would see them, like, in the in the screen. You know, say, like, "Oh, hey, like that's like that's Perseus, and that's like you know Medusa, and this isn't that." So that was pretty cool. And in one of the, I guess, seasons of that anime, they mentioned this myth.
1: Uh huh.
0: And Orpheus is one of like the strongest warriors in, in that in that cartoon, whatever. So you know, nice. and he's like he plays some sick jams in that in that cartoon, also. So
1: you know what? It reminded me of when you when you talked about like he like played his tunes or whatever. What's that movie that Jack Black is in? That he's All like. The- the so they're Destiny? Gonna, Yeah, doesn't he go to hell and, like, do something like that, too? Yeah. Yeah, I think he challenges the devil or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of, like, this guy just, like, shredding on the guitar, like, you know, to get through. That's cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have any final thoughts on these stories that we discussed right now, my friend?
1: Just that this guy should have not looked back. Like, what was he thinking? Uh, he wasn't, <laughs> obviously, but... I'm still salty about
0: that. I think he was just in love that much. He's a, he's a um, what do you call I'm it? Folkless so uh, romantic. Yeah, there you go. I was, I was looking for that term, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with that much further ado, that was our academic segment for tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed these little uh, stories and myths from Greek and Christianity. Uh, Greek mythology and Christianity, sorry. And uh, we'll be right back with the Know Thine Enemy segment for this. So we have reached the Know Thine Enemies segment, Monica, in the <laughs> audience, in which, if you're a first-time listener, we kind of go over the villain and <laughs> describe him in a little bit more depth and their motivations, their goals, etc., right? Yes. So for this <laughs> one, uh, I figured the villain, I mean, there isn't really, like, a central villain, because, I mean, there is and there isn't. But I would say, for our purposes of this episode, my friend, we would have to talk about Kathan, a.k.a. Elka. <laughs> <laughs> which, once again, is that interdimensional creature that wants to cross over into our world and eat everybody, apparently, according to um, N's story. So, his classification would be spectral demonic Supernatural, which mm-hmm. basically is because he's an evil creature that exists in a different plane and wants to eat everybody, <laughs> you know? What about his backstory?
1: That wasn't really touched up on that at all, right? No, we didn't really see what it was what it did, where it came from, just that it's bad.
0: Uh, basically, I mean, the only thing that I can
1: think of is, uh, as
0: far as the comic or the graphic novel is that the eight stones in Nackerman Field keep him in his own little world for now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, there's not really any explanation as to his purpose, his origin or anything like that, so I mean, that's, that's basically all that I have to go on for this, just that the stones keep him from entering our world. Yep. Yeah. As far as his goal, basically, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is because, again, of, of the way that Anne describes him, is that he wants to destroy our world and he eat, eats humans when he gets the munchies. In one of the panels, you, you kind of see him, like, picking up a human and eating him, whatever. Yeah. And I guess apparently he also wants to bring the rest of his people or his bros with him. Because Anne at some point says that he won't be alone.
1: Yeah, he's gonna bring his whole squad.
0: Yeah his uh, Rider Dice app. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as far as the hints of his presence, I mean, not him specifically, but that feeling of paranoia and uneasiness and OCD is always there, right? In their in their minds. Yeah. We kind of talked about how they can't get away from that. It's always in their minds as far as is there eight stones or there's seven now? Do I have to mm-hmm. arrange my whole furniture in circles? Like what do I do now to keep that stone from Protect like... It? yeah. Sometimes, I guess, they also describe as there being a darkness in the middle of the circle of the stones, right? Mm-hmm. Which it's safe to assume it's him, I guess. I don't know what you think.
1: Yeah, because there's a a little a, a panel that's what it's called, right? Um, where there's like this smoky being arising, and I'm guessing that's what that is, you know. Uh huh.
0: And then I think he also appears in their dreams, like because they, they talk about how mm. they dream of like evil creatures and stuff like that. Yeah. So, this being is constantly in their minds.
1: Driving them crazy until they kill themselves.
0: Uh-huh. And I guess that's that's one of his main abilities. He can give any given person that, that is aware of that field, or that, that has been there, reasons to, like, doubt their own sanity.
1: Yeah. And what make it stop.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and they all come to the conclusion that the only way to stop it is for them to commit suicide. Yep you know so and apparently again because of that panel where Anne talks about him he's this like huge beast that like walks around destroying things so kind of like Godzilla I guess do you think he has any other powers as far as maybe is he immortal can we like not hurt this guy or whatever like
1: I mean maybe not immortal but like super super strong someone who's not maybe doesn't have a strong will or like that strength that that old lady had (laughs) Uh it could easily be destroyed and you know if you think about it if that thing is released and it can do that to these people while it's contained what can it do to the rest of humanity
0: yeah when it's set loose
1: yeah so it's super powerful for sure
0: i mean stephen king himself said that this story wasn't officially based on anything from lovecraft but i think it is kind of because, like yeah, because Lovecraft also wrote about like super huge creatures that he called the the old ones or the other gods. Uh huh. And that they would drive people to insanity if they only saw them. Like just looking at them would drive you insane.
1: Isn't that what Cthulhu is, or something like that? Uh huh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's kind
0: of where I think you got the name for this thing, the Cthulhu Mythos. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna call him forever now. Elka. Elka. Si que me ca as far as any weaknesses I couldn't really find anything except that if you don't go to that field then you won't ever know he's around
1: or it exists
0: yeah or he and he can't affect you by that I mean because it it seems that the only way he can affect you is if you know of or have visited Ackerman's field yep right true what is your opinion of him as as like a a force in this case I mean he's not he's kind of like in the background like kind of just you never really they never really confront him Mm-mm. There's never any, like, confrontation or any, like, conflict directly with him, but he's kind of like the driving force for all the events in this, in the sense that he drives everyone crazy. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? Like,
1: It's cool as for, a, for like, a villain because, like, it barely has to lift a finger to cause destruction, you know? So that's pretty yeah. intense. I think it's pretty powerful. For sure.
0: Yeah, I think so as well, but I think as as far as the purpose of the story, I feel like he should have been explored a little more. Oh yeah. For well, sure. I mean, or maybe that's what the what makes this this story different from the other ones in which typically you always have a conflict between the villain and the main protagonist, but in this case you don't really. At least not in in the traditional sense, in the sense that they fight him or they overcome him or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The conflict is kind of just like long distance kind of like I guess skyping.
1: Like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And they're skyping with Lka. El- <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with you. I think he's pretty powerful because, like you said, if he can have that much of an influence from behind a portal, Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows what he can do once he crosses over, right? Do you have any other final thoughts on this guy?
1: No, but I just really want to know what it is. That's basically it. Uh Uh-huh, I mean... and
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole thing about this is that we really can't talk about him too much because there really isn't much to go on. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing we can do is speculate, but that's not really fair to the story, I don't think. No. Uh, um, So, yeah, I mean, I I think we're in agreement. Uh, Hopefully, we agree on the score, also on the scare meter, because we also give villains a different score from the critique. Uh, Yes. We're not gonna use the the cut haircuts right now. (laughs) Uh, for the northern That Enemy segment, we do the, the scare meter, and the units are always skulls. So how many skulls does K'thun, a.k.a. Elka, gets?
1: get? I'm gonna go with an
0: eight. An eight? Yes. Huh. You know what? I was gonna go lower than you. I know. Really? It's because I don't feel satisfied with his arc, as far as there's no really any explanation or anything like that.
1: Yeah, but, like, for the little... Amount that we know about it, it's pretty bad. Like it's yeah, pretty I'm, bad. I am gonna
0: pick up my score, I was gonna give him a, a six, but I'm gonna give him a seven now.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: To be a little bit more fair. How's that's that? Fair. <laughs> that's, yes. So your seven I'm sorry, my seven and your eight averages out to a seven and a half scores on the scare meter. Just isn't that's, that's, that, that's not bad. I mean that's that's pretty good. I mean, considering that again we don't really see him too much.
1: Yeah. So, or know much about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was our <laughs> Know That Enemy segment in an unusually <laughs> short segment for But I mean, because we normally talk about more stuff that goes on, but in this case, again, there's not too much to go on. Yeah. But I, I do feel like we've talked about him enough in, in the beginning segment that, you know, we, we kind of covered the ground, so to speak, my friend. Uh-huh. So, any final comments before we move on to our closing remarks for tonight?
1: Nope. All I'm right.
0: Good. Cool. So we'll be right back after these messages. Okay, Monica and the audience, the sad face for tonight. <laughs> we have reached the end of our podcast episode, but I uh, had a great time talking about this. What about you, Monica? Same. Yeah.
1: Especially the K the reference. That was the best.
0: <laughs> I know. Like I, I, I saw the picture and I was like, this looks familiar.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> I wonder from where. And again, if you're in the audience and you have no idea what a K is, Google this your friend. It. Google is your friend. It is spelled. C U H. It's simple, three letters. And uh, ask, and you shall know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you everybody to it that's been listening uh, to our episodes so far. Uh, you guys are awesome. You make us, or you give us the motivation to keep going. And I want to give some shout outs as we talk with you. I want to give shout outs to some of our past collaborators because they've been keeping in touch and they've been they've been awesome through the DMs and Instagram. Uh, of course, uh, Ms. Bridget Bardot, uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Uh, Mariah reached out to us as well. Uh, she was a guest way back in Season 1.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And also the guys from Arcane Carolinas who uh, told me their episode is coming out in a couple of... In, uh, in not a couple of weeks, but next week. So, nice! Yeah, so you shall, you shall be able to listen to uh, the segment that I was able to work with them on, uh, their podcast. And hopefully mm-hmm. you guys enjoy that as well. I mean, it's, it's already on our podcast, <laughs> but... You know, you, you want to hear and there, Anthony. That's that's uh, something you can do <laughs> in about a week or so. Uh, how about you, Monica? Any shout-outs tonight?
1: No, I saw some activity on our Twitter though, and on on, uh, on that new website you made. Oh yeah, yeah, we got a couple follows on that. So oh, thank yeah. you, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention that. So I'll I'll mention that right now when we remind our audience of our social media accounts. Thank you so much for that, my friend.
1: You're welcome.
0: What about our next episode? What are we going to talk about?
1: Oh, we're going to talk about a way to travel between dimensions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cha-cha-cha. I am intrigued by this topic, my friend. I don't know about you. So am I. Well, I know that it's maybe going to make you a little bit uneasy because of the nature of this. And because of our, your personal history with these things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i'm looking forward to that already (laughs) i don't know about you my friend but yes let's remind our audience of the social media accounts before we end our episode and that's going to be the facebook under exploring the myths behind the legends and our instagram is under myths behind lgds
1: our twitter is myths behind lgds and you can also email us at myths behind legends at gmail.com
0: Okay and our link tree is also under myths behind lgds our website official unofficial slash is under myths hyphen behind hyphen dot sites.com You know I have the feeling that we didn't do this in the beginning
1: <laughs> I don't think we did
0: Yes, thank you for reminding me, Monica, that uh, we did open up a Letterboxd, by the way. And Letterboxd is kind of like a blog slash message board kind of where you're able to go in and leave reviews of movies. Basically, it's like every movie that's ever been made is in there for the most part. You can go in there and leave your two cents, give it a stars out of five, you know, whatever amount of stars you feel any given movie deserves, based on your opinion. You can leave a message and people can like your messages they can add you follow you etc so it's pretty cool um and we're gonna do a couple other things i mean in there we are doing like little bite-sized reviews based on the episodes that we've already done so for example the movies that we covered like hellraiser uh wishmaster they're already on there uh whenever we do a movie i'll kind of upload a little review there and we're also gonna do lists of movies that we like, that we don't like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So be at the lookout for that if you wanna know our opinion on some of those films. All right, Monica. So you have any final thoughts before we bid our audience goodnight for tonight?
1: No. Nope. You good?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for bed. All right. Uh, do these little bottles who are like putting me in smoke n- 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 right now. So.
1: And I got. Beer gave me the opposite
0: reaction. <laughs> it made you sleepy. Yes, very. Yeah, so I'm going to finish the one that I have right now and maybe hit up another one and then go to bed nicely. But, uh, yes, having said all that, have a great morning, evening, noon, midnight, whatever time it is, time zone you guys are listening to us. And stay tuned for the next one. It's going to be interesting. Until then, have a good one.
1: Bye.